InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Your teenager may be a whiz at texting and social media, but how well do they communicate face-to-face? Speaking and writing skills are vital in today's world. As InfoTrack's Roy Mackey reports, you can help your kid develop these abilities. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're talking with Mary Beth Kuzmeski, the co-author of a book called The Engaging Child, Raising Children to Speak, Write, and Have Relationship Skills Beyond Technology. Mary Beth, welcome to InfoTrack. Well, thank you very much. I have to say, this book struck a chord with me because my wife comments to me often that most teenagers that we know have a very hard time having any sort of a conversation with anyone, and we've discussed our theories as to why, but give us your reasons why. Well, I think if you look over time, teenagers notoriously have a difficult time talking to adults, no matter if it was 50 years ago or if it's today. The issue that we see today, though, is that kids aren't practicing it or even being forced to practice it as much as they did before in the normal course of just existing. We might be on the phone with people or things like that, but today kids are communicating in a totally different way and they aren't strengthening their verbal communication and relationship skills. Is that bad? Some critics would say, hey, you know, they're still communicating, they're still socializing, certainly with one another, but just in different manners. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that technology is good. I love technology myself. I mean, my husband and I, we communicate via text message. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, as long as you also can sit down for dinner and look each other in the eye and have a conversation that goes on for one hour as opposed to picking up your phone and looking and being always distracted. I think the distraction is the most difficult part of what we've got going on today. I think that many parents who have teenagers think that their kid will grow out of that awkward stage of not being socially connected, at least in these traditional ways. But what do you think? Are we raising a generation that may not grow out of that? Well, we may be, because there's a lot of ways to hide behind your phone today. And if they don't ever step outside of their phone, I mean, some colleges, especially for graduate school, some colleges are requesting that you do an in-person interview. And if you're not used to talking to adults and all of a sudden you're in that interview or you want to interview for a job, and even if you go all the way through college and you excel, you still have to get out of college and do a face-to-face interview. So it's not only just your face-to-face skills, though. It's also the writing skills. The writing skills, as far as we know, hiring people that can write at our firm, they're diminishing. They're not getting better. People aren't coming out of college being better writers and better communicators. It's the other way around. Now, in your book, you recommend that parents use a number of strategies to help kids develop and mature in connecting with others. Let's touch on a few of those. One is asking them to set up an appointment with a doctor or dentist on the phone. Talk about the benefit of that, and at what age do you start doing that kind of thing? Well, I mean, you listen to that and you go, well, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't want my child doing that. Obviously, you're going to be standing next to them as they're doing it, but you say, Why don't we practice you calling in and making that appointment? And I guarantee you that there are very few kids that do that. The advantage is that you're starting to work on your critical thinking skills. Because you say, well, I could come in at 1 o'clock on next Wednesday, and they say, well, we don't have that time available. Well, what do you say? It's a learning process. It seems so simple, and it's so easy for adults to do. It's so incredibly difficult for kids to do if somebody is 11, 12, 13, even a teenager. Teenagers are not calling in and making their own doctors or dentist appointments. If you're asking them to do that, you're giving them the skill to be able to have that conversation that wasn't all that difficult after they finished it. 
Our guest on InfoTrack is Mary Beth Kuzmeski, the co-author of a book with her daughter called The Engaging Child, Raising Children to Speak, Write, and Have Relationship Skills Beyond Technology. Mary Beth, you also say equip them to converse with a stranger. That's right, and I guess when I say the word stranger, I mean you're going to a gathering. You're going over to someone's house for dinner, and the kids come along, and you're going over, and there's other people there, and they walk in the door... And the adult says, oh, hi, Johnny, how are you? And, and Johnny says, good, and that's it. And there are some things that parents can do where you can give them some advanced information. So, for instance, we're going to this party. Aunt Susie just got back from Canada. When you see her, why don't you ask her about her trip to Canada? So that changes the dynamics because most kids aren't asking adults questions because they haven't gotten the information. They don't know what's going on with Aunt Susie. They don't have enough to even have a conversation. And that's why we as adults say things like, so how's school? Good. And that's all we get. So the kids, if they're prepared to ask and answer questions in a more complete sentence way, we're giving them these communication skills that will help them so much later. Another interesting one that you mentioned is helping your kid return an item to a store, especially at a busy time. Explain that. Well, I've done that with my daughter before. You know, we go, we pick out a shirt or something, buy it, and then she gets it back and she says, I don't like it. It doesn't fit right. It's too tight or it's too something. Fine. We're going to take it back to the store. But she tried it out in the store, and I think it's part of the process of just, if you don't want it, that's fine, but you're going to go and return it. Well, what are they going to ask me? That's what she said to me. I said, well, they're going to ask you why you're returning it. Well, because it doesn't fit. Well, that's all you have to say to them. But it's that interaction that they're not used to having. Parents usually handle those sorts of things. Let the child have a conversation with adults and practice some of those communication skills so it doesn't seem unnatural as they continue to get older and have more and more opportunities to have those sorts of conversations. You also mention in the book things like selling Girl Scout cookies or the Cub Scouts sell popcorn and other kids have fundraising things. Tell us about the value of that and what that teaches kids. Well, it's really easy for mom to take the Girl Scout cookie list into work and just have everybody sign up for the Girl Scout cookies and you know that's how you do it. But it's actually an opportunity to practice being compelling. My little niece just called me and she's selling Girl Scout cookies and she was, quote, selling me on certain kinds of cookies. These are really tasty. And she was literally selling me. And I thought, well, how can I say no? So I signed up for six boxes of Girl Scout cookies, which we don't really even eat that many Girl Scout cookies. But I'm signing up for them because of the way that she communicated with me. She had practiced with her mom before. She was ready to, quote, sell people on the value of these cookies. That's a great exercise for people to have. We've talked a lot about verbal communication, but you also write in your book about writing skills and how those are kind of declining as well. Yes, I think that because we're used to communicating all the time via the written word, i.e. text or email, kids aren't really using email, but they're certainly using text and Facebook transactions back and forth. So they're writing, but they're not writing in the way that's necessarily communicating like might be necessary in business. I mean, no matter how many times we're texting, we walk into a business environment, we've got to be part of that business environment. If I get an email from somebody using text language, you, the letter U instead of Y-O-U, I'm thinking, wow, they must be really young. They're not that professional yet. They're still learning this business thing. But I think it's the art of being able to practice writing. And that's one of the things that I think is a great idea is just to write a thank you note. So you finish Christmas or the holidays or whatever, and instead of just calling somebody or emailing them, write a handwritten note to somebody thanking them and tell them why 
you like that gift, it's a great exercise. And I guarantee they'll get very few thank you notes from anybody, and it really stands apart. But it's all about practicing the written word as opposed to just you know texting and even speaking. But written, it requires you to think differently. Mary Beth, we're just about out of time, but do you have any final thoughts for parents? Technology is not bad. But in order to set our kids up like we want to set it up in math and science and all sorts of things and get good SAT scores and everything else, I think a really important skill is their ability to communicate and connect given that they're using a lot of technology. And so we as parents need to practice. Mary Beth Kuzmeski, co-author of a book called The Engaging Child, Raising Children to Speak, Write, and Have Relationship Skills Beyond Technology. Mary Beth, do you have a website where people can learn more? I do. You can go to theengagingchild.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.